So we've been going through Corinthians, and we're going to pick up in um, chapter 9, and I, and I specifically didn't prepare um, a 40-minute talk. I try to keep it to 20, 15 to 20 minutes, and so we're just going to go from verse 11 in Corinthians 9, if that's okay. If you've got a Bible, you can get it out. And um, I'd like to just quickly pray together, just say thank you, Jesus, for what it is that you've given us in this letter um, that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And I pray that um, whatever it is that you want any of each and every one of us to, to glean from your, from your word today, that that, that would happen for us. Because um, when, I, when I talk, I often sort of serve up a bit of a buffet. That's kind of my approach. So you might leave thinking, wow, that talk was amazing. He spoke on parenting, and someone else might be thinking, geez, he spoke about Bitcoin or whatever. <laughs> um, but that's what I hope that happens, is that the spirit would move in your heart and that you would grab something. Yeah? It's nice to see James. Guys, I just want to say I'm going to be playing goalkeeper for James's team next Saturday. So, just doing my bit for the, for the soccer team. They've allowed me to play in goal. I was quite stoked you said yes, thanks. I'm short, unpracticed. I'm planning to wear like a beanie, a bomber jacket, everything. Or I'm going to actually probably be kept quite busy. There'll be a lot of shots on our goal. <laughs> That's what I've heard. He lets them pass, yeah. They're the bottom of the log, guys, so they let me in. Um, I've titled today's little take on um, Corinthians 9, 11 to 7, What Matters Most? So join me for this little, this little ride. I'm going to read it out with you guys. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we all have it all the more? But we do not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I've not used any of these rights and I'm not writing this in the hope that you will do this for me for I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast since I'm compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I'm free and I belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many people as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? In such a way as to get the pri- uh, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. In the last two verses, therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, 
I myself might not be disqualified for the prize. You can say with me, Amen, that the Bible speaks wonderful things. Yeah? So, um, next Sunday, we ha- we're not meeting. Um, this is the final notice, but I felt like this was a really fitting uh, thing to talk about because we're getting this opportunity to share the gospel. And we're going to talk about the gospel today. Because next Sunday, we're not meeting here in this way, but we're meeting in our homes and in, in our neighborhoods and hopefully having meals with our neighbors again. So... Be aware of what the Spirit might be prompting or saying to you this morning about like what it specifically it is you're going to do next Sunday as I, as I talk about the gospel this morning. Um, so I, I, I apologize if you've heard this before, but I will over time just be repeating a little bit of my story because I haven't been able to tell it to all of you in time. And I want you to kind of have some kind of a context of where I'm from and what I'm about and how I landed in Bristol. Um, I grew up in a church environment. My parents are church leaders. And um, so for me in my teenage years, the biggest thing I was trying to do was to push away from the church because I wanted to sort of self-identify and differentiate. And um, those teenagers in the back row, that's what you're busy doing now, although it looks like quite a different mountain in front of you. That's actually what you're busy doing. And one day we can have this chat when you've already found yourselves and you've differentiated and you realize that the thing you're pushing away against isn't always the bad thing. And so for me, I was pushing away against the church, but I did love Jesus. And I spent most of my life since then in this tension of being a, quite a reluctant church leader because I've got a love for Jesus, but I don't really like the church so much because I've seen the backside and the underbelly of the church. Do you know there is an underbelly and the backside of the church? And so I grew up in that kind of an environment. And so I've, I've always had this love for Jesus, but not wanting to necessarily be someone who's seen to be identifying with him. And so like these people in Corinth, as we've heard over the last few weeks, there were so many things that they could identify with. There were so many options. There were so many fads and so many things. And as Tim put it in the first week, it's kind of like we're navigating faith in this port city of all these ideas that float in and out of their lives in the city. Very much like the information age we're living in right now. If you just dare open your phone, you just get whacked with information and ideas from, from everywhere. And we've got to kind of decide where do I... Which one am I latching onto? What am I able to grab onto? And so it's a very similar thing for many of us. And I want to pick it up in, um, in 11 here. If we've sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? In verse 12, if others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. And uh, I find myself making this most enormous list of all the things that I would not put up with for the gospel of Christ. Can anyone relate? That was, as I was preparing this, I was thinking, let's, let me just be honest and list all the things that I would not put up with for the gospel of Jesus. Has anyone got a list like that? Um, does anyone uh, hear what I've just asked? Do you have a list like that? So what is the gospel of Jesus? The gospel of Jesus is, or the gospel of Christ, is telling of the words and deeds of the life of Jesus from Nazareth. That's in its most simplest form, that's what we're describing. It's Jesus came and he, he shared, he did things, he announced the kingdom. So when we talk about the gospel, it's a specifically a, quite a unique to the Christian faith, this word gospel, and it's a word that we use to describe the telling of the words and deeds of Jesus. And so Paul is saying, I'll put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. And I think that's just quite a profound uh, thing to dwell on. I remember one morning having breakfast with my brother, some, and all the kids were eating, and some food fell on the floor. 
and we were just so lucky to get anything at that point because the kids are just ravaging, ravaging as they do and just grabbing and just eating and the dads are just there at the end and we're just like you know i'll just take anything so at that point you just take the food off the floor so if you want another name for this kind of concept of today what i'm trying to share with you is what will we take will we take anything for the gospel of christ and so we've always joked about that ever since because um we often are left with you know the, the part of the coke that's not fizzy or those type of things because that's just what that's the end that's what the dads get is if anyone any dads here can relate and i feel like it's a total joke to be using that as a comparison but what would we put up with if we love someone you know what would be what what would we allow to happen to us you know would we take up would we take the scraps off their table or whatever it might be and we've all got these enormous lists and I believe the question that's being asked to us today, as Paul goes on later in verse 16 to say, like, woe to me if I don't preach. Um, you know, if, um, I've let nothing hinder. And the question being asked to us today is, like, what are the things that we're allowing to hinder the preaching of the gospel? And personally, firstly, I would say we have to stop and say then, what are the things that, I, that I'm allowing to hinder me believing the gospel? Just grabbing, latching on, like holding true to the gospel for myself. So... Um, a lot of what I'm saying today is very much a personal prayer, I think, because um, isn't, this, isn't this the journey for all of us, to be able to be identified with Jesus and nothing else? You know? I, I, I don't think there's a, we sang that song this morning, I just was so grateful, I got on my knees at the back, I was just like, Jesus, what a beautiful man, can we, can we, get, can we get over Jesus? Should, you know, we, we'll never, we'll never get over Jesus, the glory of Jesus and who he is, who, what he's done, who he's been to us. It's... Um, Jesus is this prototype for us of like how we're supposed to live. What you know, he's this he's this example. He's a textbook. The way he lived, he's kind of given us this model of what it's supposed, what it looks like to be fully human. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of the Enneagram or done things like Myers Briggs or these kind of tests where you sort to get to know yourself. And if you know, and you think about it, you're trying to work out who I am. And I think when we look at Jesus, we get it, we get a glimpse for all of us because the way we all experience and see Jesus speaks to us in unique ways and we can at that point we go like that's who i'm supposed to be and he draws us up and he calls us up he's this prototype he's this example he's the picture of when G, when when god the father in genesis spoke over the creation and said like it's good he was speaking over jesus he was speaking of all of us made in his image he was saying and so jesus came and he started to show us again how to return to what it was it was good and you know there's a lot of talk about original sin and this fallenness but not a lot of talk about original perfection and God has created us in His very image, beautiful, made in His likeness. Um, so, yeah, just asking you guys a question, you know, who would we be if, if, um, if we knew that, um, that, that essence of what matters most? Who would you be right now? What would look different? I think that's, that's what I hope most to leave you with this morning, is to ask you that question. You know, who, what would it begin to look like for you if you really knew what mattered most? And if we caught hold of something like it, like we see Paul has done here with the gospel. Um, so just pray with me for a moment. I just want to pray because I feel like, as I said, this is very much a personal prayer. Just maybe open up your hands and we're just going to say, Father, what does it look like for me if I begin to embrace the gospel, your words, your deeds, your life, Jesus, like I haven't yet done maybe, um, or like I've sort of gone slow on or I've forgotten what does it begin to look like again if I return to that way, to that path? And for some of you, maybe it's your first time to be doing this. And so you, you, this is a wonderful opportunity to, to be able to say to Jesus, 
actually, I want my life to look like yours, Jesus. So I surrender my life to you, Jesus. And I, I offer myself up to you, Jesus. And if that's you, such a beautiful, beautiful moment just to join in a, in a time of prayer and just get, get to say, Jesus, I surrender again. I'm letting go. I'm just letting go, Jesus. I want your words, your life, your deeds, these things to be what I'm known by, who I am, to become the essence of me. We'll pray a little bit more, but I hope that, he's, that throughout the morning the Spirit's revealing himself to you. So I want to pick it up in, in verse um, 13. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. There's a key for us in verse 14 there that if you preach the gospel, you will receive a living. Isn't that quite freeing that it just like immediately removes the, 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 the stresses and the pressures and the, and the sort of thoughts of like, you know, where will it come from? And, and one of the things for me, I think maybe I'm stretching it, you can say I might be, but I think there's a slight bit of license on this word living, but it's not just specifically to material things. I think when we talk about a living, we're not, we don't just live on material things alone. And so we live on a sense of meaning and significance and connection with purpose. And I think that when Paul talks about receiving a living from the preaching of the gospel, you could probably go so far as to say you will be in a place of knowing you are living fully. You are in a, in a place of connecting with what matters most for you. And there will be a real sense of meaning to that. And so there's a license there of saying, I, I, if I preach the gospel, then this will happen. It's kind of like one of these gravity laws that exist around us that, that, that we get to hold on to. Does that make sense for anybody? Has anyone ever felt like, geez, if I were to let go and agree with what I've just surrendered to, where would, it, where would the provision be? Or where would the sense of meaning be? Or where would the, but we, we get this key here that it's in the gospel itself. And then in verse um, 15, reading on, but I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me, for I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach. I was just picturing myself the whole week. I've been in tears a few times, just picturing myself. Imagine I was able to really say to myself, like on the most deepest connected level, woe to me if I don't preach. And I feel like this is such a beautiful invitation for us to ask Jesus, ask His Spirit to connect us with that level of of agreement with the message of the gospel. And I, I don't, I don't um, look, by the looks of your faces and by the feelings I've been having this week, I know it's not easy. It's like a, well, okay. <laughs> Imagine I were ready to do that. That would be, there would be such a high cost. And um, I, um, when I finished um, school, I went on to study and I did fashion design and I ended up starting a business and um, had a few stores and I was, um, designing bags and uh, running business and also at the same time I was um, renovating, Jess and I were like renovating houses and getting to do sort of design things and fun things and so whenever someone would ask me like what do you do I was like well you know it's a really difficult question to answer because I don't want you to think I'm just this I'm like I'm so much more than this and I felt the spirit saying to me this week you need to change it's not just this week actually it's been for a while but you need to change because you are trying really hard to let someone look into your life and say this is who you are um, and not, not allowing their definition of you, you know, to be it. Because you want them to believe there's more to you because there is so much more to you. And I know that's true of me, but actually what I really want them to, to know is the gospel. 
And so I've been, I've been I, to use a really Christian word, I've been, I've been moved into this place of repenting or changing my mind around this thought of saying, it should be impossible to know me and not know the one who I live for. I actually should care way less about the fact that you knew I did this or that, or I've got these talents or things. You know, what, could, what did I ever think I could bring or add? Um, in, in the words of Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. It was the most uh, frustrating thing my mom ever said to me my whole teenage life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we've seen all of this before. <laughs> you know, and um, I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but when you, you feel like you need to add, you need to present yourself. And I feel like Paul's busy offering us this thing here, this, 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 this out. He's offering us an out, a freedom. He's offering us a key or, or a kind of an access card to, around, to skirt around this issue that we've been having. Because I've certainly bumped my head up, up against it for years. And um, he's saying, if, if we associate ourselves with the gospel, everything else will come. And... Um, in the age we're living in, you know, you're either associating yourself with your sexual orientation or you're associating yourself with your, um, I date, um, you know, dating myself with what I know is cool or not, but you're either gothic or you homey or you're waxy. Or what are the ones today? I don't know what the things are today. Those, they're not the things, yeah. The, the homey wore the Boys of London jeans. Do you remember those? They were really wide. Like, really? <laughs> Is it, was it not? It didn't, it didn't happen here. Really? Hey? It did. It did. <laughs> well, it's, this is becoming quite a cultural, um, lost in translation moment here. I was like, I don't know. All my notes are going on about the rest of the whole thing I've prepared is. Um, do you guys, so, a waxy is someone who waxed their surfboard? Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, I've got some friends here from South Africa to make this less awkward for me. Uh, um, yeah, so, you know, there's so many things we can associate with that are going around. Could, can one of the teams just tell me what the things are so we can move on? What is, like, what, what's happening out there in the world? What are people... Emo, okay, cool. Indie, emo, yeah. Isn't God still a thing? <coughs> no. But I mean, we're joking about the like, visible ones that you go through when you're teenagers, but all of us have got these things right now. We all have these things that we're associating ourselves with. We're we attaching ourselves with to be something, to present something, to present, to present something that we believe will enable safety or enable a perspective. But are we willing to be... These, as John Wimber said all those years ago, like just these coins in Jesus' pocket, you know? Are we willing to just be fools? Are we willing to be, just be lonely? Are we willing to be everything other but for the sake of the gospel? Is, is like, this is not a heavy um, thing I'm putting on us. I feel like this is a prayer for us as a church today to be like dwelling on and saying, God, we are wanting to make ourselves willing. We're not even saying we're willing yet. We're just saying we're wanting to. Would you do that? Would you start to stir that in our hearts? Um, because really, who are we? What do we actually have to add? What, what can any of you guys, and I include me, what can we, all of us, this group, add? There's nothing new under the sun but Jesus. That's what we've got to bring. That's what we have to offer. That's how we can really find what matters most in true meaning in life.
you can, at this point, let's do something that you guys don't do in England. You say, I agree. And you say it with, like, the sound. And you say, yeah, that was a good point. Or, amen. Or, yo, whoa, now you're preaching. Or, oh, jeez. Somebody help him. That's, you know, or, uh, yeah. We're just like, mm. Not ready to talk yet, but yeah, mm. you know. How long have I got to do the whole like England, South Africa? I'm not from here. Thing. How long are you guys going to give me next week? <laughs> Come on, Vex. I think um, actually until um, we have a kingdom culture. Whoa, um, I'm I'm being serious because I think that. Um, we need to not be South African or English. We need to be kingdom. So we'll just be whichever one serves the kingdom. Um, verse 18. Sorry, Ralph. Same for the rugby this time. For rugby... Uh... <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. No, I'm, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling positive. Um, verse 18. You see, you get a lot more chats out of this church if you talk about sports. <laughs> what then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not making full use of my rights as the preacher of the gospel. Though I am free to belong, and I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. I, um, I've often said uh, this about Christian evangelism. A lot of it looks like, come join my form of slavery. To be honest, if we really face it, because if we really understood what freedom is, and freedom is such a massive topic in our time, it's this virtue that we're all seeking and pursuing. And yeah, Paul's offering us this, this beautiful, beautiful way of approaching freedom. It's like, I will take my freedom and I will enslave myself in order to really be free. How's that sound? And, and I think a lot of the time we're inviting people into a kind of a different way of rules and regulations of coming to God through these methods and these traditions and this liturgy and this approach, when actually they just want to get the life of Jesus, the words and the deeds of Jesus. That's all they need. They don't need any of the rest of the, the full that we've all inherited for the last, I don't know, some of you have been here long. We've been doing this for years. I grew up doing this. There's been, you know, there's been so much full that we've inherited that has got nothing to do with the words and deeds of Jesus. But if, I, if I'm willing to enslave myself let it be for the gospel. That's been my prayer this week as I've gone through this. Um, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I'm not under the law. So it's to, to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So it's to win <clears throat> those not having the law. And this is just so beautiful. To the weak, I become weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share, that I might share in its blessings. I, I've just been thinking so much about these. We're doing these, these Sundays where we're saying, um, you know, invite friends and family, invite neighbors, invite colleagues, create, create moments for people to encounter Jesus because what more is there for us to offer the world? We have nothing more to offer and, and I feel like the Spirit's inviting all of us to reevaluate and to pause and to say, 
If I must become weak in this setting, that they would receive the gospel, then I'm up for it. If I, if I must become a Jew in this setting, or if I must place myself under the law in this way or in this thing, that they might receive the gospel. If I must let go of what I thought were the, the constructs and the ideas and the public opinion and the things that are you know, permeating our time, that they might win the gospel, then I'll do it. That's a point you say amen to, because I'm just telling you the scripture in my own words. Because there is nothing more for us to offer the world. And so I just thought about it. I thought, we, we, need, to, we need to be a people that creates spaces for other people who don't know Jesus, where they feel like we are really one of them, and they feel like we want to, you know, they're one of us. All of that without letting go of the gospel, without, sort of any, without having to have anything in that way that contradicts the gospel. But we really need to do that. And that takes sacrifice, that takes time, that's, ex- that's expensive in terms of time, energy, money, to go out there and have a neighbor in our home and to let them just feel a sense of acceptance. So would you guys join me to pray again for a moment? I just want to pray, Father, that we would be people that have no judgment on us, just like you were, Jesus. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you'd come and you would free us from these constructs and these patterns and these rhythms of judgmental living that have been on us. As Christians, as, as this specific church, and I speak it for myself firstly, we just say, God, we don't want to be people who are judgmental. We want to be people who offer an acceptance like no, that like you can find nowhere else. And I just I pray that you'd come and do that in our hearts right now, God. As you haven't judged us, Father, we say we want to offer that. We want that to be our offering. Now just don't be surprised as we just stay in a moment of prayer for a little moment longer. Don't be surprised if you find yourself going like, well, I've actually been judging in that setting. Well, I've, been, I've been sort of living in a specific way there where I need, I, need, I need to stop doing that. I need to shake that. Or my thoughts on this topic are hindering the gospel coming in this person's life. So would you come and bring freedom again this morning, Jesus, to all of us? So we surrender ourselves to him and say, God, make us the most accepting people in Bristol. Not accepting of things that are contrary to you, Jesus, but accepting of people made in your image. Yeah. And so can I become weak? Can I be under the law? Can I be a Jew? Absolutely, when I grab hold of what it is that Jesus has done for me and is doing in Bristol. So verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only the one only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes in, into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. There's so much freedom on that for all of us. To, sort of, to maybe let go of some of the things we thought were... Like, I don't like it when people are too ambitious with the gospel. Is, can anyone relate to that? Let's do a, let's do a, a sort of a show of hands. So you've had an experience where you're like, wow, this person's quite ambitious with the gospel. But the, probably the most classic example would be that person shouting at the train station. And you go like, wow, I'm not part of that gospel. Anyone had that? Yes. Yeah? Shame on you. <laughs> I'm just teasing you guys. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we've all looked at different things. And, and we've said, oh, that's not the gospel I believe. You know, that's not the specific, that's not the vineyard way. Or that's not the angle that I'm taking. Or, you know, that's not the... But there's a lot of freedom for us today, I, I really believe this, that ambition is okay when it's, when it's Christ-centered. 
And we must not be people who judge what God's doing. Because I want to tell you a story. I've got a friend who walked past one of those shouting people for about 10 some years. And actually would cross the street and would ridicule him. And one day he was walking down the street and he broke on his knees and wept and met Jesus. That same train station over 10 years. And now he's this incredible preacher. And it's just been a really inspiring person in my life. And so I'm just saying, that guy's thing actually... So is there anything that you feel you need to let go of? Because I've been letting go of quite a bit of things this week, to be honest, as I've read this and just thought like, um, yeah, well, that's not my gospel. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be near that. I don't want to be associated with that. But if Jesus is in it, then I want to be near it. You know, if Jesus is in it, if there's an ounce of Jesus in it, and he's doing something with it, then I want to be as close as I can be. That's, that's my prayer for us this morning. So the last, lastly, verse 26. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, like I think I've often looked at Paul and thought, it must be so easy for Paul because he had this bright shining light Damascus Road encounter with Jesus and it was just like so nice because he, you know, he had an encounter. He was blind for three days and boom, 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 you know, prophetic word. I mean, you can never shake all that stuff but then he, I think the fact that he wrote all these letters was him trying to earn back you know, gratitude for that, probably. But some of us haven't had those bright, shining light encounters with Jesus. We have these sort of daily little moments and we've been drawn closer to him. That's been my experience. It's been years of like reluctance and love Jesus and not his church and I don't want to be associated with Jesus. is amazing. And all these things. And so we've, you know, we, we, we've all had a different experiences of how we come to Jesus. And it's, it's ongoing. Has anyone had, did anyone have a Damascus Road dream in the night? I'd love to chat about it. Yes? Amazing, Louise. That's amazing. And I think those are just like beautiful. And so you've got a lot of work to do. You've got, you've got, to, you've got, to, you've got, to, you've got to earn your keep now, girl. <laughs> yeah, you're doing well. You're doing so well. Jesus sees you. He loves what you're doing already. Um, but Paul also wrestled, even though he had that encounter. And so I just wanted to put that out there. There is, there is space to wrestle, you know, to go, I need to, I need to, I need to, kind of, what does he do? He strikes a blow. I don't know what the heck kind of a blow he was doing. But he strikes a blow to his body. And I, I was thinking about it. Probably fasting would be the most accessible one for us to go like, geez, I'm out of, I'm out of whack. I'm out of sync with who Jesus is and what, what I live for. I'm going to fast. I'm just going to like freak out my week and fast. Yeah? Terrible idea, hey? <laughs> was that an awkward laugh no one wants to be told to fast but Jesus talks about fasting and says it's not so much about like try it he sort of talks about when you do it and it should be in our rhythm so I urge you guys pick a day drop it in the rhythm strike a blow to your body so that nothing can disqualify us from preaching from the prize, this everlasting crown. And as I said earlier, um, a lot of this has been, a lot of this is, is, is a personal prayer, and I really, I hope that you've, you've kind of caught that essence of what I've been trying to say to you today, because I, um, I've, I, I long for this more than anything else myself, is that in, if you know me, you know Jesus. That if you meet me, you encounter Jesus. And it should be difficult to be near me and not know Jesus. Not, know the God, not, not discover the gospel. You know? If I have you for a meal in my home, at some level, at some way, you should have an encounter with, 
with peace. You know, it should be difficult. And um, if I boast and not in I've done this accomplishment or I've got this thing going or I, you know, I did that or I did this, but if I boast, let it be in Jesus and Him alone and um, not what I think I can add because there is nothing more to add. So that's my prayer that if um, someone says anything about any of us, let it be said that um, if you find us, you find the gospel as a church. Yeah? I'm finished. Why don't you stand? And uh, I'd love to pray this over us as a church community. A real prayer of faith to say, God, let us be people that if you find us, you find nothing else, not an ounce of ourselves, but only you, Jesus. And we say again, God, we surrender ourselves to you. We pour out our lives to you, Jesus. We offer up ourselves to you right now, Jesus. Again, we say we want to be associated with nothing more than you, Jesus. You are more than enough.